here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Jam-packed full of rugby, wasn't it? Uh, and to dissect it all, I guess, uh, and take it apart and uh, just look at uh, the uh, pros and cons of the whole thing. Uh, we've got Patrick McKendry with us this morning, one news rugby journalist. Patrick, good morning to you. Um, thanks very much for your time. Morning, Smithy. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Uh, uh, where to begin, Patrick? That's the thing. I think we'll start yeah. with uh, ladies first, and, and uh, I think the weekend delivered uh, overall, would you say? I, I think it did, Smithy. It, it felt like a proper big occasion at Eden Park on Saturday. Um, you know, obviously with the, with the World Cup signs everywhere um, and, and a very big crowd at Eden Park, more than 34,000. Um, we've been waiting a long time for this, five years, um, and it delivered, I, I feel, you know, overall. Um, I, I found, uh, you know, occasionally the, the, the moment, or the Black Ferns in particular, um, it, was quite, it was quite moving, starting with the, with the haka, which is, I have to say, that haka that the Black Ferns did was probably one of the best I've seen before a rugby test. Um, three, of the, wow. three of the women decided to, uh, to do a karanga, which is a, a welcome for all the teams, and Portia Woodman, uh, Rihiana, the uh, reserve halfback, and um, there's another one. Um, oh, the name just escapes me at the moment, but um, uh, it, it just was amazing. And uh, and while the the Black Ferns, you know, took a, a while to sort of warm into their stride, they made a lot of mistakes early. They certainly delivered in that second half. So I, I just felt it was a, an incredible occasion uh, and well worth the wait. And we look forward now to a to an excellent World Cup. There was a, a couple of games that had some real substance to them in terms of uh, a contest. Uh, Italy uh, beating the USA 22-10 to 10 yesterday in yeah. Whangarei. Uh, Wales getting up over Scotland by just 3-18-15. So uh, some genuine contests there, but we are, we're going to see some blowout scores, aren't we? There's no doubt about that. Yeah, we saw a few on the first day, didn't we? All, all three matches in the end were looked a little bit one-sided. Uh, you know, the last one, obviously, the Black Ferns over Australia wasn't, perhaps, wasn't as... Uh, the, the, the margin wasn't... Uh, didn't reflect the, the nature of the game, perhaps. Um, yesterday in Whangarei, a lot closer. Um, and, obviously, Wales and Scotland have a big rivalry over the years. They're pretty even in terms of their records. Um, I, I, I did watch most of the Italy-USA game, and Italy looked like a, a fairly dangerous um, customer, to be honest. They, they look uh, pretty well-drilled, and with a bit of firepower on their back line. Um, so that was a good game as well. I, I must admit I was caught up watching a lot of the Bathurst from Thousand, so I didn't see a lot, a lot of the other uh, games mm. yesterday in Whangarei. But, um, yeah, I think there'll be one or two more blowouts perhaps, and then once we get into the knockout phases, we'll get a bit closer. Were you able to get a read on England? I mean, uh, Fiji in their first yeah. game, always up against it. That, that was an absolute blowout there, 84-19. to 19. But were you yeah. able to get a read on England's forward power and, and what we can expect from them? They just look, uh, they look really well drilled, as you'd expect. I mean, Wayne Smith said during the week that England and their squad have 1,200 caps in total, whereas the Black Ferns have about 380. 
in their squad. So that, that's a significant advantage England had, not only on the Black Ferns, but the rest of the, the, the teams in the tournament, I think. Um, they look well coached, as I said. They, they make good decisions. Um, they have some good size in their pack. They just know what they're doing, and, and every every player seems to have a good skill set. Um, whereas Fiji, you know, bless them, they, they, they hung in there in the first half, but unfortunately um, they, they fell off the pace in the second half there. But, you know, in, in saying that, I, I don't think England, despite the fact they've gone now to 26 wins in a row, which is an extraordinary achievement overall, I don't think they're without their flaws. I think they could be rattled. I think, you know, if the Black Ferns happen to play them in this tournament, I think they, they certainly could... Um, cause them some trouble, but it, it will be a, a very tough challenge for the Blackstones or anyone else who has to play them because, yeah, they are, they are a formidable outfit. It, it just it seemed to me, looking on from what I saw, if you can give Portia Woodman um, some space or an overlap, and the same applies to Ruby Tui, really, you've got yeah. uh, terrific firepower out wide. But I, I would imagine most coaches looking on will know that about the Blackstones. So... Uh, at some stage, they're going to have to yeah. find some, some strike from somewhere else. Well, that's right. I mean, it's not difficult to see the talent that Portia and Ruby have, is it? Um, yeah, Portia Woman, seven tries the last time, or the previous time she played in Eden Park against Japan, and three on Saturday night. Um, she she is just the ultimate strike weapon. She's got pace and power. And and Ruby Tui, um, I've, I've been really impressed with her because, you know, she's not she's not a big person physically but she, her, her uh, size really belies her strength and certainly her work rate uh, and she has pace as we saw in her scoring two late tries there um, you know, she's, she's a very impressive uh, uh, player I, I um, you know if the Black Ferns uh, continue to win good ball they can get on the front foot um, and that's not a given I don't think necessarily but if they can, but they they certainly have the strike weapons. And Stacey Fleuler in, in the midfield as well, I thought she was really good uh, on Saturday night. So, um, yeah, as, as I say, the, the, the talent's not uh, difficult to spot. Um, but perhaps, um, you know, it's not enough on its own, let's put it that way. I think the pack um, probably have to take another step up going forward. All right, Patrick, let's... Uh jump over to the All Blacks side of things. It's not very often they take second fiddle, but uh, they are at the moment, except for the fact that they had a team naming yesterday, and uh, really, uh, I, I don't think they've gone outside um, the square, really, in any particular department. And Anton Leonard-Brown comes back in, but he would have been there if, if yep. it anyway. Um, and it, I, yep. I look across the board, and there's no surprise as such. Is there or not? Not really. Um, you could say no room for Damien McKenzie, um, but when you think about it, probably not a big surprise. Um, but clearly, the, the selectors and coaches um, see Stephen Perifetta as a as a project. They probably see him as a long term answer in a number ten jersey, and so they want to continue with him. Which you know, um, fair enough. I absolutely endorse that. Um, McKenzie will today be named in the All Blacks 15 to play two games in the Northern Hemisphere at the same time. So he's still in the mix. You have to say Roger Tuivasa-Shek, um, fair enough. He, he's there, he's still in the mix, just hanging on, perhaps. I think if Quinta Tupaya was fit, uh, Roger probably would have dipped out into the All Blacks 15 as well. But but overall, um, no huge surprises, and, and um, you know that the Ford pack are, are sticking with that. I don't think anyone could consider themselves unlucky not to make it. Um, 
So it's uh, it's pretty much steady as she goes. I wouldn't know for sure, but I would imagine uh, at least one of Brad Weber and TJ Perinara will be named uh, in the All Black 15 at some stage, maybe both. Yeah. Uh, but if they're fourth and fifth halfbacks in the, in the country, uh, as it seems to be the case, we're in great shape of the number nine jersey. I'm not sure we've had that much depth because uh, they can't get yeah. their noses back into the All Blacks. Fokitava, though, has played such little rugby that you, you kind of wonder where his game must be at. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with that. Um, it's, I think we've seen Ian Foster's conservatism from the start of this year. Um, very reluctant to bring in the young props who he now believes are the future, and, and Ethan De Groot and Fletcher Newell um, gave Peter Garstowakola two very limited chances and two tests, and now he's gone. Uh, Lester Fanganuku uh, had a chance, and now he's he's still in the squad, but he's certainly no closer to a starting spot, probably further away. And, and you could say the same about Fakatava. He just Foster, and also to a Sheik to an extent. He seems uh, reluctant to put a lot of faith in inexperienced players. I think that's probably the most diplomatic way of putting it, uh, which I guess is a little bit surprising. Um, and not, we're not too far out from the World Cup, obviously, um, and presumably he wants to to see everyone, um, you know, give everyone a fair go to, to, to stake a claim. But I guess also a complicating factor is, is the All Blacks' inconsistency, isn't it, this year and, mm. and the importance of actually getting results because, um, you know, no, no result is a given for this All Blacks team. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a roller coaster. So wins are very important. Um, so it's a real balancing act. But certainly... Fakatava hasn't played a lot of rugby, and uh, that, that's probably a disappointment for me because he, he's a real talent and a point of difference, potentially. It's an interesting um, point you make, too, um, about um, McKenzie because you throw Patrick Tuapoloto into the mix as well, who has been left out for Tupu Vai. Don't mind that at all, but mm. it just seems that going to Japan might be a little bit of a poison chalice. Yeah, that, that's right. Um, it's it's become a real trend, isn't it? It's become all the rage to go over there and make some money, come back and, you know, assume your position in the All Blacks. But uh, they're not always the same players. Um, and I guess McKenzie's a bit different. He didn't take his sabbatical. He actually uh, he didn't re-sign, decided to go over sort of as a free agent. And now he's re-signed again with New Zealand Rugby. But he, he he's not in the All Blacks again yet. Um, but, look, I, I, don't, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I prefer... Um, New Zealand players to stay in New Zealand and play in Super Rugby. I think the constant sabbaticals are damaging to Super Rugby, certainly in New Zealand. Um, I, I think it takes away as a spectacle and and uh, makes it more of a, a second tier type competition than perhaps it should be. So uh, Mackenzie has work to do, and look, I'm, I'm sure he realises that, and he would have realised that before he, he went away to Japan. Um, nothing's a given. You can't. Uh, no one owns a, a black jersey. Um, to, to an extent, so yeah, he has work to do, and I'm sure he'll he'll impress uh, during those two games in the in the Northern Hemisphere for the All Black 15 because he's a real talent. So by the end of today, uh, Patrick, our top 60 male rugby players will be named in uh, either one or two sides, you would imagine, and they'll be on their way to the Northern Hemisphere for different missions. Um, if you look at this All Black 15. 
Uh, can you see any uh, any bolters? I mean, what I'm, well, I'm probably a pretty hard, hard question, really, because we're delving into what, as I say, the top 60 players in the country. So uh, yeah. can you see anyone that's absolutely in the NPC said, you must have me, you must have me around the fringes just in case? Not really. No one who, who at the moment demands... Uh, a position ahead of any any incumbent, but w- what what I would say is that um, I, I still think Ethan Blackadder, when he comes back from injury, has has a has a serious role to play in the All Blacks, um, and the same with Jack Goodhue, uh, when he comes back from his knee injury, you know that, that, that those two players are, uh, you know, uh, ha- has still have very big futures in the All Blacks, particularly Blackadder. I think he got through a mountain of work whenever whenever he's on the field. Um, last year for the All Blacks. Uh, he really impressed me. Cullen Grace, perhaps, he's uh, he was on the air to impress usually for the New Zealand Māori um, before he got injured. Um, so th- those guys still in the mix. I'm not sure about young young up-and-comers. I hope, that, I hope someone does put their hand up um, as a sort of a late bolter, if you like, ahead of next year because, you know, we saw how well Terry Reese did in, in a World Cup year when he burst onto the scene, and, and four years before that, uh, in 2015, um, Nehi Milda obviously in, in the UK, who was fantastic. So yeah, hopefully, someone something is bubbling away under the surface, ready ready to come on top because um, you know it, it will be fantastic to see a new talent uh, in, in France next year. Um, just finally, Patrick. Of course, uh, we have now got down to the, the last four teams in the uh, NPC uh, and uh, the big smokes uh, Auckland, Wellington, Canterbury get a look at it this time around uh, as do Bayer Plenty mm. with uh, a, back, a, a thrilling victory over Waikato uh, yesterday um, so it's been a hell of a comp I mean every one of those games could have gone either way it's it's just they've found the right balance this year somehow they have I must confess I, I haven't seen a lot of the NPC um, this year Um but uh, Canterbury obviously is much improved compared to last year. Uh, extremely close match uh, in Christchurch over a extremely close victory over Northland in, in their quarterfinal. It's nervous times for them. Um, so yeah, look, a, a bit of a shame for Harbour, I guess. Um, being, being being on the North Shore has got a soft spot for them as well. But um, yeah, look, I, I think uh, Canterbury and Auckland. Um, potentially would, would be great finalists. I think, you know, obviously with their standing and history and their rivalry, uh, I, I think uh, that that's one match that could grab the attention of a nation which perhaps has its uh, its eyes its eyes on on the uh, the Women's World Cup at the moment. It's a bit of a, a bit of a tough uh, clash, isn't it, at the moment? It is. Uh, it absolutely is. But uh, the quality keeps continuing. So, um, thanks for that. Uh, another weekend of uh, Women's uh, World Cup Rugby next weekend um, as it continues to uh, develop. Interesting to see the crowd sizes um, going forward, Patrick. Uh, thank you very much for your time yep. this morning and the way you've summed up the weekend of rugby for us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bobby. Cheers, mate. Cheers, sir. Patrick McKendry there uh, with us, uh, just taking his look at uh, what happened over the weekend and uh, the rugby Women's Rugby World Cup, of course, attracting most of the attention as it should. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.